Handle on the News. Handle on the News! I just want to say, um, Bill Handle ruined my childhood every morning. Hey, Bill Handle here on the way to school. But that was just growing up. Now I'm all grown up. Love you, Bill Handle. And now, here's Bill Handle. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, how depressing is all of that? I get people in their ah. 20s coming up to me and uh, say, hey, you're Bill Handel. And I sort of smile and, you know, give the, uh, aw, shucks kind of response. And then uh, it's, my parents just love you. <laughs> and then I'll ask, well, how about your grandparents? Well, they love you even more. <laughs> Thanks. That's talk radio. Well, that was probably, that was the first one I've heard of where you actually ruined someone's yeah, childhood. Yeah, no, I get a lot of that. <laughs> and uh, my uh, my kids get a lot of, we were there when you were born. Oh, gosh. Because I'd been on the air for uh, two years in the morning show uh, when the kids were born. And you know me, I put, I put my heart on my sleeve. And uh, I involve my family in this because, you know, you can only talk about me so many times. Well, as a matter of fact, let's talk about me some more. And oh. so... They'll go up to, particularly Barbara responds this way. I was there when you were born. Thank you. That was a very crowded delivery room. I know that. I've heard that a couple thousand times. They're so your girls. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Morning, Jennifer. Hi, Handel. And uh, Rich Murata. Hey, Handel. Today is it. This is it. The swan song for me. It's been fun having you. uh, Thank you. Rich Rich has been uh, all over KFI. Not only did he... Guest hosts with uh, Gary yesterday, uh, last right. night or tonight. You're on uh, Conway, right? With Tim Conway, yeah. Well, that should be a blast. Yeah. yeah, a lot. And then, of course, every day on our show, doing the sports and communist commentary. Ooh, that's hey, that was good. We should do a a regular segment on the show. What are you talking? Once about? a week, communist commentary <laughs> by Rich by Rich Murata. I am not a communist. <laughs> oh, you protest way too much. <laughs> Doth protest. I just lean forward a little. Well, As not a progressive, lean forward, just leaning forward, and no more slightly to the left, slightly to the left. Where did you fall down this morning? Yes, I did. You did and to the left, to the left. Of course, yeah, <laughs> I landed right on my left elbow. Uh, he actually did. <laughs> I did fall down. He actually did take oh, a spill this morning. Then, yeah, downstairs. Okay, can I get workman's comp? Uh, yeah, of course. No, I don't think you can. You all right? No. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> okay. It was one of those. Uh, he went between. Well, explain it real quick. Well, there were a couple of trucks out there in the driveway, and I. And I did not see, it was one of those cement things that you park yeah. your car up against oh, you know, right. in, a par- in a parking space. And, and I never uh, saw that. Down you went. And uh, bang. Okay. And I hate that feeling of you can't stop yourself as if, you're yes. falling forward, you know. If you uh, if you call me tomorrow on Handle on the Law, yes. I will respond <laughs> with not only do I not know, I don't care. I get a lot of that. All right, Alex, good morning. And uh, John Ramirez over there, Mr. Eyeballs. Okay. You guys ready to do it? Let's oh, you do think, it. You yeah. think we have a, a little bit of news this morning? Uh, uh, John Thomas at 9 o'clock. Of course, uh, Kennedy's place on the court. Uh, John, And then uh, Foodie Friday with uh, Neil. Oh, and today's the big taste test. Oh, that's right. Yep. The big taste test. And what are you test? What are you testing? Uh, this choco is, pies? Uh, yeah, choco pies versus moon pies. Choco pies are the South Korean version of moon pie. Really? Yeah, and the reason that we're doing the test, uh, the this taste testing, is because we did a story that choco pies are so important, wanted in North Korea, they become currency. <laughs> North Koreans are 
for Choco Pies? about Choco Pies. Really? Like, out of their mind, insane. So we're doing a taste test Man. today. Will a lovely Korean woman be bringing in the Absolutely. Uh, oh, that's uh, the other Choco thing. Choco Pies? You know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rich, rich is Asian women. Well, I, you know. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yes, no. Did not know that. Now, I was uh, just... Helen, I was just wondering. Now, Helen of England, yes. uh, of course, uh, as you know, as everybody does know, Michael. half Asian. So yes. uh, Rich's marriage would have lasted twice as long. Had <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> had she not had that British blood. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes. Are you guys ready to do it? Let's do it. All right. Lead story. Oh, another episode of... Guns don't kill people, people kill people. We're going to be doing a regular ones on that one. And that's uh, the Capitol Gazette shooting. Five dead, two injured in a targeted shooting at the newspaper office in Annapolis. You know, when they say, when they say targeted, Bill, does he does that mean he had actual specific people in mind that he you was know, we looking don't, we for? You know, we don't know or, that, do we? Or just well, that people uh, that At that point, there. we're, uh, Jen, are we getting information on whether the, the, the newspaper itself or people specifically? It's a very good question. Yeah, I'm going to kind of combine these first two stories because the, from what I understand, this guy had a beef with the Capital Gazette that goes clear back to 2012 when the newspaper wrote an article about him about how he did end up pleading pleading guilty to cyberstalking. I think the actual crime was harassment via cyberstalking. Anyway, he had a defamation suit against them. It went through the court system. It was ultimately uh, denied, you know, turned away. He ever since then allegedly has been sending threats to the Gazette. But not to specific individuals. Well, or we don't know. We don't know that they, we know that it was overall to the Gazette. However, yesterday when he went in, it kind of doesn't look like he had a specific target, only the Gazette overall. All right. Because the guy who actually wrote the column about him no longer even works there. Okay. Well, it could be that he didn't know that. Could be. So it, it could be that he was looking for him, but we haven't heard anything uh, in terms of him asking where is no he did not that okay. there's been no report of that all and right. he is not cooperating with investigators at all hey the man says- and we're going to do more about this uh in uh, at 7 a.m plus we're going to have a british reporter with us to see how they cover this in england my question is is it just there's another shooting in the united states uh as oh, a throwaway story or is it a big story and uh, I'm not going to tell you because we're doing this at what time? 8.20. Tease, tease, tease. I had another question about this guy, though, because they said they recognized him by facial recognition. Yes. Because he didn't have fingerprints. Right. Or? Well, he, that's, he did have fingerprints. Oh, he, he did. did. It, the, it machine the machine didn't work. Yeah. Oh, so it okay. was misreported So what, what is the facial recognition? What is that? I'll tell you about facial recognition. It's, yeah. uh, Where did they get that from? Uh, it's technology. Uh, China has probably one of the greatest technology yeah. uh, that's out there. Uh, we'll explain that later on. In the meantime, uh, let's take a break. I don't understand why you're so wounded. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. KFI handle here. <clears throat> and uh, good morning, morning crew here. And, uh, of course, the big story that we're uh, covering, we'll be doing uh, starting at 7 o'clock, much more than that. Uh, is the Capitol Gazette shooting yesterday. Five people killed. And uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Stephanie Ramos, who's live in Annapolis, uh, Maryland. Uh, she's an ABC reporter. And then uh, later on at 8.20, we're going to be talking to Danny Pike, uh, a reporter at BBC, and talk about how the English are covering this. And I'm curious as to how these shootings are covered in Europe. 
and so we'll be doing that. And then uh, our big story of uh, the day, the one that's going to dominate uh, probably the the entire first six months of the year, and that is uh, the taste test, choco pies versus moon pies. Wow, that's exciting. Well, there's a reason. There's a huge political spin on that. What are you uh, talking about? I'd like today? to know how many uh, choco pies Joey Chestnut could eat. Uh, what do you think about that, oh, Jennifer? that's a good question. <laughs> okay, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Rich Murata in for Wayne this week, and me. And the man suspected of killing the 10-year-old boy from Lancaster was booked into jail yesterday on $2 million bail. Yeah, those are effectively no bail. Yeah. And there's an argument. Because uh, if the whole point of bail is bail, and well, this is no bail. So why didn't they just say no bail? Uh, because I think that it, under these circumstances, people are, uh, if they're not a, a huge flight risk, there are some, I think there are some rules, regulations, uh, there are some bars of which uh, bail is by law has to be given. But judges can throw out $5 million in bail, and then you're, it's, means nothing. Well, and I wondered if there was possibly a flight risk issue because there were rumors that he was either a member of a gang and was in the country illegally. Right. And no bail will be given if there is a substantial flight risk uh, uh-huh. where, and even some very wealthy people are no bail people. How is the mother not charged with anything? We, we don't know it, yet. It, you know, but it, She's got to be complicit. Come on. At the, least the, neglect the, or yeah, something. The invest- oh, that's because the investigation is still ongoing on this one. You wait. She'll be charged. I thought this was pretty cool of JetBlue. JetBlue has offered free flights to firefighters who want to come to the memorial service for the Long Beach fire captain who was killed earlier this week. Now, can you imagine how many firefighters are going to show up? Already, whenever there is either a firefighter, particularly a policeman, thousands show up from all over the country on their dime. Yeah. This this one is... It's going to be crazy. Well, they say that JetBlue will cover the cost of two tickets for up to two tickets for two firefighters from each department from across the country. So all the firefighters have to do is get in touch with them and they can send two representatives. Now, that's the department. How many firefighters does L.A., for example, have? Uh, But uh, even though there are hundreds, if not thousands of firefighters, there are departments that have five firefighters. Right. right. uh, So uh, you, you could see the entire department flying out. There is an incredible brotherhood. Oh, it's amazing. Amongst firefighters and police officers. It is incredible. Yeah, they're closer than brothers in in many cases. Well, uh, Representative Maxine Waters from here in Southern California says she's got death threats recently. What does she think was going to happen? She tells, uh, she goes publicly and says, if you see anybody in the Trump administration at a restaurant, at a department store, uh, you harass them. You confront them, you harass them, you make sure that you make their lives miserable. And what does she think is going to happen among Trump followers? It was such an inflammatory statement. Maybe she just wants them to engage in thoughtful debate. Uh, Yes, Maxine Waters, uh, no justice, no peace, Maxine. She said she's canceled two events and has gotten at least one very serious death threat. I'm surprised she hasn't gotten many death threats that are serious death threats. I really don't see on either side a lowering of the volume. That's I think it's correct. only going to get worse. Yeah, and it, the the, uh, the other side, uh, and that is the left side, the Democratic side, didn't has not lowered itself to Trump land. 
violence uh, or rhetoric it now has. It has now gone to the same level, which is the best thing in the world for uh, Trump, his followers, and the politicians who follow him. They're playing right into the hands. Well, you're right, because then they harden their stance, and it's us against them uh, kind of uh, scenario that emerges. More than a dozen ICE agents have actually called for dissolving the agency. And there's a reason for it, because there are two parts of ICE. One is, of course, the one that is the most famous, catching the illegal aliens, border security. And the other part is going after uh, criminal organizations who are involved in facilitating. Uh, We're talking about uh, border crossings uh, by coyotes, etc. What these agents are saying is... You're concentrating so much on board on the illegal aliens coming in. You're leaving alone or certainly decreasing the intention, uh, the attention on this other part. Just split them up. Just you know, you guys go ahead with the uh, the illegal alien issue. Just give us a different agency to work with, which makes a lot of sense. And on that same subject, there's a former ICE spokesman who is now saying he was asked to perpetrate a li- a flat out lie. Yeah, that regards that immigration raid uh, or those raids in Oakland uh, in which uh, the mayor, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaefe, uh, was, uh, went publicly and said there is going to be a raid at some time in the next month, I think is what she said. And uh, the uh, Jeff Sessions uh, saying, uh, what did he say? Oh, uh, blaming her for allowing 800 wanted aliens to escape arrest. By tipping off the public. Well, this ICE spokesman said, uh, no, none of that is true. He says he became extremely uncomfortable in February when Jeff Sessions made false statements about immigration raids in Oakland. They failed to correct it. It's a flat-out lie. They know it's a lie. It was just shocking to me that no one wanted to fix it. And he slammed the agency for making him be okay with lying to the American public. Now, the lying was not that uh, Libby Schaaf didn't say that. It's the number of people, what happened as a result, so many illegal aliens weren't arrested, which is interesting. How do you prove how many were not arrested? Uh, And uh, it's fascinating stuff. All right. Uh, Coming up, uh, another, uh, let's say, spin, if not uh, just a straight-out lie by the president on this one. Uh, This is KFI AM 640. Let's check in. I just want to keep calling your name until you come back home. All right, Handle here and uh, the morning crew on a Friday. And it's a free movie Friday. Uh, That's uh, with Adam Tickets. Uh, They're giving you a chance at free movie tickets. You can text them now. Reporter to Adam1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. And this is the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends if you have any. I don't. Pre-order concessions all from your phone and skip the lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Who pays for data and text anymore? I didn't uh, even no. know that was still available. I uh, thought all plans were uh, no. I still. I think. I think we pay for. Uh, we're on an old plan and we're still paying. Just if you go over like last year, I went over to Liverpool and I had to buy oh. data and text time over there internationally right. to uh, to be able to text back here to the United States. Who wanted to read your text? I don't oh, know. yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do it. 
Okay, no more way. handle on the news. <laughs> Jennifer Jones Lee, Rich Barati, and for Wayne this week and me. Did the president lie about returning bodies from North Korea? Yes. Yeah, I got a yes. vote. Yes. Yep. Uh, he, remember, uh, he talked to Kim Jong Un and. Uh, he said to return the bodies uh, that are still being held by North Korea as a result of the Korean War. And he said thousands of parents begged him to bring home the bodies of their Korean War veterans. So let me let's go through some of the numbers. You want to remember when the Korean War was 1953 long- <laughs> is when the uh, when it would be the last year that someone would be killed. Forget about 1951. And so you're talking about the parents of those people. Uh, every one of them would be north of 100 years old today, <laughs> among thousands. And they and those thousands of oh, that are over 112 years old all ask Trump to bring home the remains, right? That is correct. Yeah. The president might have privately floated a plan to make a deal with, uh, with Russian President Putin to force, to have U.S. forces leave Syria. I got friends in and the deal is... Allowing uh, Assad to not only stay in power, which is a given already, but to bring back great areas of Syria back into his fold. Because remember, the United States is supporting the rebels with arms and technical support. And all that is going to disappear, according to this plan, assuming that it goes forward. And so we'll be out. uh, Bashar al-Assad wins. But at the same time, you know, I tell you where uh, Donald Trump had a, a very good point. Just stay the hell out of these wars. You know, at, at what point do we stop being the policemen of the world? As horrible as as uh, Assad is, uh, if we were going to go in and uh, take out or be part of taking out these leaders who kill their uh, who kill and maim and torture and uh, violate all humanitarian rights of their own people. We'd be all over the place. We'd be all over the world. And I don't think this report is surprising, considering the fact that the president said, yes, when he does meet with Putin, they would talk about Syria. There were other things that he he said they weren't he wasn't sure about, like the Russian meddling. Well, the Russian meddling is going to take uh, that'll take 10 seconds. Did you meddle yet? Thank you. Let's move on. (laughs) That'll be that part of it. This one is a story that I know handled that you've been watching oh, for yeah. years now. Jahai McMath, the girl who was declared brain dead. In California. In Oakland, right? After her tonsillectomy, I think it was. Yeah, went south. Then now is officially dead. If I only had a brain. Now, we're going to talk more about this at 730 because there are a lot of parts to this. And uh, first of all, there was massive medical malpractice. I mean, that's a given. A lawsuit uh, goes crazy. The family, uh, delusional, uh, but uh, this is a, these are parents. And so you have to give them a pass because hope upon hope, our, our daughter is still alive. To the point where she is declared brain dead. Uh, all brain uh, function ceases, but kept alive through artificial means which you can do with organ donation uh, procedures. You know, the heart pumps, the ventilator goes, and uh, you're still breathing. And uh, uh, the New Jersey, where she is now, is the only state in the United States that allows the definition of brain dead to be wide open, to not be specifically brain death. 
or the definition of death doesn't necessarily mean brain death. And I have, I just have a question about this case because I thought that a judge here in California had issued a death certificate. Yes. But then he did. How, do you issue another one? Well, no, no. How, how does this? I don't what understand. ends up happening is the judge because the uh, the McMath family had argued that uh, Jahai was was alive. The judge allowed her to be taken to New Jersey. So did they tear up the death certificate? No, the death certificate. What we have is she is dead here. Legally, the judge said you can take her even though she's dead. Effectively, you can take a body to New Jersey for the purposes of keeping her alive. And the reason this is so important, uh, two major reasons. One, legal. The case uh, against uh, the hospital if she is alive, is much, much bigger than it is if she is dead because there is a, because part of it is keeping her alive for all of those years. So now we've got five years of her being kept alive, which uh, is added to the fact that she later dies. The hospital saying she was dead from day one. Forget about the five years. You were keeping someone dead going, not alive, but going. So that's the legal part of it. Then you simply have the moral part of it is when is death death, where oh. the family is saying she still had brain function, which is a crock. She never did. How close was this to the, remember that the famous, very Terry Shivo. Yeah, Terry, was this similar? Was there a and kinship yes, between yes, these two? Except the difference was the father or the husband wanted her to be taken off. Right. And it was so the other way. And then they came up, and Tom DeLay, right? Remember him? Yeah, the She's alive. She's as alive as I am. And he's a doctor. Based on the fact that there was a balloon, a Mickey Mouse balloon that was in front of Terry Schiavo, and, it, and incidentally, coincidentally, her eyes moved. You know, you still have eye movement, and her eyes moved uh, in the same general direction. Therefore, based on a video, delay in Congress says she's alive. Boy, he was shut down on that one. It was embarrassing. So we've got uh, a definition of dead when you have, you can still have people breathe, heart beating, that sort of thing. Uh, she's dead. Now she is completely dead, much like the Wicked Witch of uh, the East. Completely, unequivocally dead. Ooh, that's a little heartless, isn't it? A uh, lot, yeah, a lot heartless. Yeah. All right, why don't we take a break at that point? Good, Good idea. idea. Let's say a heartless break if we can. Uh, please, Jennifer, get me out of this one, would I you please? I would love to, actually. Can't buy Handle here as uh, we finish Handle on the news on a Friday. Jennifer Jones Lee, Rich Barada, me, and uh, coming up in a few minutes, the Capital Gazette story. Uh, the shooting took place yesterday. We're going to be talking to uh, ABC Stephanie Ramos, who is in Annapolis. Well, a UC Irvine geneticist has resigned after allegedly committing sexual harassment. Of Another course. one. Yep. Bowling pins. They're going down like crazy, aren't they? Just one after another after another. Well, what, what were the specifics? On this? Was there touching involved in this one? Uh, yeah. Well, sexually harassed for uh, faculty members. I'm assuming there was touching. Uh, he's a former Dominican priest. 
Oh, come on! And he donated $10 million to the School of Biological Sciences. Obviously, he made a ton of money, and the school has his name not anymore. Uh, Now it's just uh, UCI School of Biological Sciences. I wonder if you get your money back. Just say, hey, I want my I want my money back, which, of course, you can't. But uh, that's the deal I would cut if I'm donating money. I want my money back. Yeah. Then there's this story out of Valencia where a guy apparently dragged a five-year-old to a dark corner Ooh. during a wedding reception. This and is. And then sexually assaulted her. Yeah, this is just brutal. I mean, just brutal. What Can you I, imagine at a wedding reception? And what I can't figure out, though, was the guy a guest? Uh, it doesn't say, but... Uh, dragging a five-year-old to a dark corner. And it was a server who Who, actually saw the incident happen. And wanted to confront him, and he just ran. Ran away. That's why I wonder if he was a guest at all or if he crashed the wedding. Anyway, he was arrested the following day and, of course, charged with a huge number of... Do we know what the level of uh, sexual assault is? No, they won't tell us. No. No. I once actually saw this happen and turned a guy in at a fair. A man put a camera in his shoe for some upskirting shots. (laughs) God, are you kidding no, Usually no. it's a cell phone. That's all you, I have used cell phones, and it, they work beautifully. I saw a guy. He was, it was no, a guy. No, no, no. That's not true. Handle. I uh, swear. I was just. just yeah, you were just passing he by. Put a but he put on a camera on his shoe. A battery-operated camera, and the batteries ignited, exploded, and he burned his oh, foot. While, while, he was, while he was testing it out. Uh, the while he was testing it out, and he went ahead, he talked to his clergyman who convinced him to turn himself in. So there's another uh, idiot on top of that. They didn't charge him because he didn't do anything wrong. He just uh, ignited his foot with a battery. Don't, don't, he tried to do something how, wrong. Isn't somebody going to see a cell phone on a shoe? I would think so. <sighs> I know. Is everybody going nuts? Yes. Yes. Yeah, the answer to that is yes. Yes. Senator Schumer has introduced a bill to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. This yeah. should happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's, it's, re- not, it's not going to happen. It's not? It, it, you know, I don't think so. Not with... Uh, Sessions in place. Yeah, not with Sessions, not with the president. Every state I is know, legalizing marijuana. You have to make, but you have to understand that the Deep South, the base, uh, they like the idea of uh, any kind of law that restricts people's sex, uh, gayosity. Uh, it's... Uh, Drug use because it's a marijuana is a gateway drug. We all know that you go directly from marijuana to a heroin instantly. Matter of fact, as the joint goes down and hits the ashtray, you're picking up a syringe. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I think that's true of ice cream too. You go directly from ice cream to heroin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let me uh, let me ask you a question. With all of these states decriminalizing, not just decriminalizing, yeah. but legalizing marijuana, guys that are in prison. Or possession of marijuana or, right. you know, repeat offenses yeah. with marijuana. Are they getting out? No. They're, uh, in some cases, they're, it depends on the state. They're asking. The feds, not yet. The feds are not, because it's a motion has to be made, and uh, they're already been in jail. Now, there could be law, laws have to be passed saying that they are allowed to make a motion to get out, where they did something that is now decriminalized. But it's it's not automatic by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. And the number of people who are in uh, federal and state prison are, for the most part, drug offenders. Now, some are drug traffickers. And although, you know, is I have a question. Are people that that uh, sell, produce, t- 
tons of marijuana, are they traffickers or are they just successful business people now? Can there be what state you're can in. there be trafficking in a state that uh, even recreational marijuana is allowed? I mean, you can legally because, uh, for example, California, you're limited to six plants, and you can uh, dispensaries can buy and are very limited, uh, very uh, on a very limited level. But uh, that's just a general question. When it is when there are no more restrictions on marijuana, and we're heading in that direction, don't know. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like you've been here before? And uh, this is uh, KFI Handle here on a Friday morning, June 29th. And as always, uh, well, what a week it has been for the news. And uh, yesterday, uh, during uh, the uh, Gary and Shannon show, uh, the news uh, started breaking about what happened in Annapolis, um, Annapolis Maryland, uh, at the Capitol Gazette newspaper offices. Uh, gunman Jared Ramos uh, barged in. Actually, he uh, attacked in and has been charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Uh, ABC Stephanie Ramos, uh, live in Annapolis, is covering this uh, for us. Uh, uh, Stephanie, thank you for doing this, and good morning to you. All right, if you don't mind, uh, the latest that's happening. Hello, do we have Stephanie? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there you go. All right, so uh, if you would, the latest, please. Yes, absolutely. So still a very active scene here in Annapolis, Maryland. Police are obviously still investigating. Uh, the building that houses the Capitol Gazette is roped off. We know that the suspect, Jared Ramos, has he's been identified and he opened fire at the Capitol Gazette. He was taken into custody rather quickly. Uh, he is a white male in his 30s from the area. He is set to have a bail hearing here uh, this morning in just the next few minutes here in Annapolis. And as you mentioned, he's charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Now, he had a history of conflict with the newspaper. Police late last night told us this was a targeted attack on the Capitol Gazette. This was not random. And court records uh, reveal that he... Uh, Jared Ramos filed a lawsuit against the newspaper after it published an article suggesting he had stalked a woman, and records show that he lost the defamation suit against the paper. And that's when the threat started. Uh, a former employee of the newspaper told us that Ramos threatened him four years ago. Uh, but this morning, it's still unclear if the suspect was looking for anyone specifically yeah. or if he was just looking to harm whoever was a, a part of the Capital Gazette. Right. And I'm assuming uh, one of the major reasons that it's unclear, of course, is he's not cooperating and he's not answering any questions. So that's one question answered or unanswered, depending on how you look at it. Do we have information on uh, what happened physically uh, in the building after the shooting? Because it's a little rare uh, that anybody under these circumstances walks out alive. They generally blow their own brains out at the end of a shooting like this. Where was he uh, and was the arrest without incident? Uh, do you have any information about what was happening at that moment? Yes, we do. So in the charging document, it shows that he, the suspect, was hiding underneath one of the desks in the newsroom when police arrived. So you're absolutely right. This was this was rare. This type of, as you said, usually they commit suicide or there is an exchange of gunfire between police officers and the suspect inside. And, and that did not take place. 
So we know that the suspect uh, shot through the glass uh, to get into the Capitol Gazette. He fired off some shots while he was in there. And, you know, we still don't have, you know, specifics as to, I mean, we know that this happened quickly within two to three minutes. but right now, all we know is that he was found underneath the desk, and that's where police were able to apprehend him without incident. They took him in, uh, but he, as you said, not cooperating. He's not cooperating with police and giving up any information. We know that police went over to his home yesterday, which is in Laurel. It's about 20 to 30 minutes away from where the Capitol Gazette is located. And there's still police are still trying to, to gather evidence and get everything they can, figuring out what exactly his social media imprint footprint is. Uh, because he did have multiple Twitter accounts, and in just uh, hours before the shooting, he he tweeted out. Um, but he and, and it's interesting because his profile picture on uh, his Twitter account is a picture of the writer who wrote the article that basically was the root of this defamation lawsuit. It's what sparked um, this this. Um, uh, anger from from the suspect, I guess you could say. Now, uh, from what I understand, is that the writer has not been at the newspaper for a number of years. Is that correct? Right. And so clearly, That's- clearly, he didn't do any investigation to find out who was there and who wasn't. Right. Either that, and, and again, we don't know if he was. If he just said, you know, any anybody that that has anything to do with the Capitol Gazette, you know, I'm going to go in there and, and do some harm. Or if he, we don't know if he actually, if he thought there were some individuals that he had had contact with in the past that were still there. That's still unclear. But I, I mean, I I spoke with um, a writer there at the Capitol Gazette who was working yesterday, and he actually had just stepped out for lunch uh, when. Um, just moments before that shooting began, wow. he say was just completely distraught. He came back, and it was just—I mean, it's not obviously what he expected. And um, and, and he said that he didn't—he never expected something like this to happen, even though the threats were there. Didn't expect that. And earlier in the day, the newspaper had received some threats, but it's unclear right now if those threats came from. Jared Ramos or someone else, because it seems as though they were coming from different accounts. It's still very unclear, but they had received threats earlier in the day. Uh, so uh, police are still police are still here on the scene, still investigating, and um, thankfully they have this suspect behind bars, and they can continue to to, to ask him questions. Right. But again, it's not cooperating. Thank you so much, uh, Stephanie. Uh, great stuff. And then there, it's this story is still going to pan out because, uh, for example, did the police rush the scene? How many people were there? Uh, did they have enough time to call SWAT, which looks like they didn't because it was within a couple of minutes. All right. Uh, coming up, the hysteria over the fate of abortion in America. That is the big issue with a new Supreme Court justice who is going to be named. It's going to be abortion. I think that is the most contentious and not only the most contentious, uh, the one subject that is probably most liable uh, most liable to change. And I'll explain that when we come back. KFI, there's Jennifer Jones. Lee. All right, I'm back. Handle here. On a Friday, June 29th, uh, of course, the big story that we're covering is the shooting in Annapolis, Maryland. Five uh, people killed at the Capitol Gazette newspaper, and that's going to be covered uh, all morning long. Now, 
Another massive story that we're obviously going to be covering as this story uh, continues on is uh, the uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Kennedy retiring. And now the president is set to nominate his next Supreme Court justice. And this is the big one uh, because the uh, of course, Kennedy was uh, the swing vote. Now it's going to be a hard right or a hard conservative justice. Uh, a couple of big issues uh, that are on the table. Not much is going to change. Certainly gun control is never going to change. Not at this point. And the gay marriage thing is really not going to change either because I don't think you're going to see the court reversing itself six months after a decision was made. The big one's going to be abortion. Oh, man, is that going to be abortion. And I think what you'll see is real simply that Roe v. Wade will not be overturned on its face. But the whittling away of the impact of Roe v. Wade, just making it more difficult for states to pass laws, and I mean crazy laws, like a woman uh, wanting an abortion has to go into counseling. I think it was maybe it was Oklahoma that says has to see uh, a ultrasound of the fetus and has to look at it before undergoing an abortion, and then it has to wait 24 hours, and it has to see the fetus again. I mean, stuff that is insane that, of course, have been shut down by federal judges instantly. Well, uh, that is probably going, that part of it is probably going to be overturned because the Supreme Court will, in fact, uphold the state's rights to do that. You know, one of them, and it is Oklahoma, uh, is saying that, uh, abortion will be illegal if uh, once a heartbeat can be discerned. Well, you can go, uh, you, the heartbeat can be discerned within six weeks, well before a woman even knows she's pregnant. So she certainly has the right to abort, but if we can figure out a heartbeat, then already there's no longer any right. But Roe v. Wade is still in place, mind you. You have the right. All you have to know is way before six weeks, and then you can abort. It's really going to abort. What's going to happen in reality is it's going to become uh, the uh, the abortion pill, the RU4, RU5 pill. That's really what's going to happen because it used to be prior to Roe v. Wade, uh, it was the back alley abortions. It was illegal to have abortions until 1973. You had states in the South where uh, – Doctors could go to jail for 20 years. Women undergoing an abortion could go to jail. Of course, they never did because they would turn on the doctors. What they would do is prosecutors would have these women flip onto the doctors and testify against them. And they would either get a reduced sentence or walk away, generally was the case. Well, that's going to happen again. So they didn't have the pill back then. They have the pill now. And uh, you're going to see laws like... Uh, pharmaceutical, uh, right now, uh, pharmaceutical uh, employees, pharmacies, uh, can, the people that work there can opt out for religious reasons to say no, but someone else has to be available to issue the pill or dispense the pill. That's going to change. Effectively, what they're going to say, not here, go someplace else to get the pill. Well, you're in the deep south, right? Well, not here. You're going to go someplace else to make it almost impossible. So what's going to happen in the – and we're talking about the Deep South and states like Rhode Island and uh, North Dakota, 
and uh, probably Arizona, where it's going to be virtually impossible to get an abortion. So who's it going to affect? Poor women who can't get an abortion. Let me tell you, wealthy women get pregnant. Just jump on an airplane and come to California. I don't care where you live. It's a four-hour flight and check into a clinic, operation, you're done. But how about poor women? They're going to have to get on a Greyhound bus and they're going to have to travel 1,200 miles and then they're going to have an abortion and then theoretically come back. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be absolutely brutal. And it's uh, it's a tough one, but it's been a tough one since 1973. Uh, the anti-abortion folks have been fighting this And I tell you, you have to give them credit for the fact they never gave up. They never, ever gave up. And now, with a new Supreme Court justice, you are going to see them winning in many, many cases, probably most cases. What's fascinating about all of this, Donald Trump doesn't give a rats about abortions. You know that. He couldn't care less. He was was pro-abortion at one point. Uh, He was okay with it, and now he's not okay with it. Why is he not okay with it? Because his base is not okay with it. And therefore, he's not okay with it. And therefore, he is going to have a fundamental, well, not a fundamentalist, a very right-wing justice. Incidentally, the most important part of the nomination of any justice in the Deep South is the issue of abortion. That's the number one issue. As a matter of fact, it's number one, two, three, four, and five. And then gay marriage is number six. I mean, you really have to go a ways to find people that are so fanatic about gay marriage because most of America thinks that gay marriage is okay. They don't care. Abortion is a very different issue. People are, boy, are they invested into the abortion because, and it's legitimate for them to be so. If you believe this is murder, uh, then we're talking about the killing of people if you believe abortion is murder. The two guys getting married next door. Oh, God doesn't want them to get married. It's an it's, it's, it's attack on marriage and the sacrosanctity the or – is that right? Sanctity. Sanctity. Yeah, I like sacrosanctity better. I like that too. Yeah. Of marriage is being attacked. Yeah, 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 yeah. But abortion is a very different issue. They really, really care. Uh, and this is the one where I'm willing to – this is me personally handle talking, of course it is uh, – but it's a, it's a personal viewpoint. I am willing to give them uh, not so much the credit, but give them the validity of their argument because it is a killing. There's no way around it. It depends on at what point do you kill. I mean, if you're squashing a mosquito, you're killing. Does anybody care? No, but it is a killing. You can't argue that it's not. By the way, I'm not comparing the two for God's sake. Don't start writing emails. Oh, how dare you t- comparing this to mosquito? No, I'm just talking about the decision to kill. Even if you're talking about an embryo, even if you're talking about a two-cell embryo, you're still killing what is a living thing. Now, what it is, in my opinion, is a two-cell embryo. In others, it is something that's going to turn into a human being. It actually is a human being. And the conception is, that's critical. I mean, that's everything, conception. Which is why, and I've debated this, do you know how many billions and billions of potential human beings I have killed in my life? Okay, let's just move on. 
the Jahai McMath case. Boy, that is that is an interesting one. And some news just came out of that. This is KFI. KFI handle here on a Friday morning, June 29th. Big story that we're covering, of course, is the shooting in Annapolis, Maryland, of the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis. And uh, the uh, gunman, well, they say alleged, but it's the gunman. Jared Ramos has been charged with five counts, first-degree murder. Okay, here is another story I want to share that's making the news in a rather big way. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know why I'm coughing up my uh, Diet Coke. Anyway, yeah, because I do it on a regular basis. And that is, uh, if you remember the uh, Jahai McMath case, and this is where you had that young lady several years ago. She was 13 years old in Oakland, went in for a simple tonsillectomy, and something went dreadfully wrong, and she came out of the surgery brain dead. And pursuant to California law, once there is a cessation of brain activity, and they test it, and they run through the, uh, the encephalograph, uh, then, uh, it's, then a declaration of death is issued. The doctor says she is dead, and uh, then a death certificate is then filed with the county, and you have a, a dead person on your hands. Well, the parents, particularly the mother of Jahai, said, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's still breathing, true, by machine, uh, her heart is still beating, true, but there's brain death. Now, every single state in the union agrees. Brain death, right? You're dead, except New Jersey. New Jersey has an exemption, and that is you're dead unless your family believes you're not dead for religious purposes. Really? And... In California, the judge, uh, after the death certificate, uh, was ordering or agreed that it was dead. And the McMath family said, no, you can't declare her dead. And the judge says, yes, I can. It's California law. However, I will allow you, if you want, to pull her out of state and move her to New Jersey, which is what they asked. Flew her over there, I'm assuming in one of those ambulance uh, uh, aircraft, and then put her up in a facility, it's 24-hour care. I mean, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And uh, she, it was a religious organization that kept her together, uh, kept uh, her alive, a pro-life organization. And she died last week. So now she is completely dead. But the point is, it's the definition of death. And when is death? Because here's the argument. If your heart is still beating, even if it's done artificially, if your skin is still warm... If you're still breathing, are you really dead? And it depends on who you believe. Brain death is a scientific determination. And we're talking about there is no activity whatsoever, even down to the brain stem. I mean, nothing, no cognition, nothing. The only thing that's moving is you can have, by the way, uh, survive without machinery uh, just and usually the people die very quickly. The fact that she lived this long is uh, half a miracle, uh, and so therefore she's still alive. And it doesn't matter. And, and then there were all kinds of oh, her fingers moved, and oh, she her eyes moved, and there was blinking, uh, and she was going to come back. I mean, 
mom was totally delusional. But uh, when you have a daughter, hope against hope, uh, you're going to look at anything and give it a positive spin. And and there are some religions where death is not brainstem death. It is the heartbeat. For example, Orthodox Jews interpret a passage in the Talmud that uh, someone is alive as long as they're breathing. There are two kinds of death in uh, in, uh, the Jewish religion, the Orthodox Jewish religion. Uh, The definition of dead uh, is either the heart stops beating or you've been rejected for medical school. Either one, you are completely dead. Jennifer, read the Talmud. Read it. Fire this. <laughs> so, I mean, it has gone crazy, and this is just the discussion now of what's death. Now, on a practical matter for the McMath family, they have filed a lawsuit against uh, the hospital and the doctors. And here's where the interesting part is: a medical malpractice suit, which is, of course, a legitimate suit because they something horrible went wrong. But can they sue? For all of the expenses for the last four years. See, that's what I was wondering because in California, they there was a death certificate that that's said correct. that she was dead. So right? they cannot, in California, where the lawsuit has to take place because it was Oakland where the surgery took place, they're arguing that she was still alive until she died last week. Therefore, the hospital is responsible for all of it, including pain, suffering, medical costs. And the hospital's going to say, you cannot sue for pain and suffering after you're dead. You cannot sue for hospital medical bills after you're dead. And we've got the death certificate right here. That's it. That's going to be the argument. Wow. They're, they're going to lose. I mean, they're going to lose big time. Who's going to lose? Uh, the McMath family. The, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, you're not going to get around the, the definition of brain death being dead. It's just a fascinating case. Anyway, uh, the, this little girl is not so little anymore. Uh, just died, I think, last week. It's hard to believe she's 18. That's was part, 18. And no one thought she was going to last this long. No. No, and I remember talking to Jim. He said it's a matter of weeks, months at the outside. All right. Coming up, facial recognition software. Uh, and it's interesting as to who is easier to spot with this computer. I think you're going to be surprised. KFI AM 640. All right, KFI Handle here. It is a uh, Friday morning, uh, 29th of June. The big story we're covering, of course, is uh, the shooting yesterday in Annapolis at the Capitol Gazette newspaper office. Uh, Five people killed. The gunman, Jared Ramos, has been charged with uh, five counts of first-degree murder. Also, in a fun way, uh, coming up, uh, Foodie Friday, we're going to do a taste test And for the first time uh, in my knowledge, a taste test, a foodie taste test with tremendous political repercussions. You're going to love that. All right. Now, uh, an issue about facial recognition technology. Uh, The story yesterday is that Jared Ramos wouldn't cooperate. And how do they get his name? Well, we were told that it's facial recognition software that did it. And, of course, that means the discussion immediately becomes a facial recognition issue. And and there's a couple things I want to share with you about facial recognition that are just fascinating. Uh, Number one fascinating is that facial recognition software, these systems, are less accurate in identifying people of color 
I mean, it's it really is interesting. For example, uh, systems designed by Microsoft, IBM, uh, Face Plus Plus, or Face Two, whatever they call it, China-based. Which in China, the facial recognition systems are actually the most advanced in the world. Uh, they found accuracy in uh, cl- classifying a person's gender. for white males, 70%, for example, for dark-skinned females. People of color are simply more difficult to ascertain with facial recognition software, which immediately, of course, runs into, uh, do they all look the same? And even with computers, I guess they talk to each other and say that. And... So the companies have responded, and what they do, and this is the part, the other part of it, and that is the privacy part. The more photos that are put in, the algorithm, the artificial intelligence, is now able to connect more and more people. So right now, the database, uh, all everybody who's ever taken a picture, uh, a mugshot, that's in the system, and computers can connect those people instantly. But it's reaching the point where everybody in America will be able to be part of face recognition. Why? Because there's video cameras in, virtually outside of every store, uh, outside of so many homes. You can't walk down the street without having some video camera. So, boom, you connect those video images with databases, and all of a sudden, everybody is in the system. And that scares the privacy folks. By the way, this is not science fiction. The only thing that's going to stop that is going to be laws that say you can't do that. And that is, boy, there is a conversation about privacy. For example, uh, London, which happens to be the most closely watched city on the planet when it comes to video cameras. There are video cameras in every inch or at every inch of London City. It's a mile square, the the city of London itself, financial district. You cannot step out of an office or a home without being videoed. Cannot. So let's say there is a crime committed in the city of London. And uh, they go right into the face recognition software And if they connect a video of, they connect an image, for example, someone coming out of a store, right, where a crime occurred, instantly it connects to the database and they know who it is. They can identify anybody walking out of a store. Uh, Some people are a little upset about that, for sure. And it is getting more and more. 60 Minutes did a story on the face recognition software in China which absolutely floored me in terms of how advanced it has gotten. Imagine that right now you have technology when you open a door or open your phone. You just press your uh, thumb uh, on or finger onto the button and it reads your fingerprints. And now we're reaching the point where they have face recognition software to turn on your phone. It's going to be face recognition software to open your refrigerator at some point to start your car. And the only way that works is there's a database. Scared a little bit? Just a little tiny bit. Coming up, 
Talking Tech with uh, KTLA's Rich DeMuro, and he wrote a book. We're going to talk about that, 101 iPhone Tips. We'll do that, KFI AM 640. Friday morning, uh, Jennifer uh, just uh, told me that we're expecting, uh, number one, a press conference uh, from the police, and uh, that should happen any time now. Yeah, they're saying soon at okay. this point, and then the president is supposed to make comments on it at 9.15 on okay. the shooting in Annapolis. All right, so uh, we'll probably cover both, I would think, uh, and the only part I have a really rough time is when uh, the whenever there's a, a police a commentary press conference it's i want to thank and then now insert name of every public official every fire official every congressman who's there uh, every agency that you've ever heard of and of course everybody in the audience of note and then 12 minutes or 20 minutes later they finally get to the meat of it i'll try and monitor and just come in when he brings up the facts uh, that would be great all right in the meantime uh it's um uh, rich demuro of ktla and uh it's talking tech uh, Rich, good morning, and thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning to you, Bill. Thanks uh, for having me. Oh, of course, as well you should thank me. Okay, now, uh, let's talk about your book. You wrote a book, which is kind of neat, and it's perfect for me. 101 iPhone tips. Now, before we get into just getting some of the big ones, there are apps and what phones can do that no one has ever heard of. They're extraordinary I, for example, I have an iPhone, and I can barely spell iPhone, and it is extraordinary. So, 101 phone iPhone tips, and I'm willing to bet you had to winnow down to 101. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the idea behind the book was we have these phones in our pockets. We barely brush the surface of what they can do with them. So, most people know how to send a text. They know how to take a picture, but that's really it. You know, send an email. But there are so many features built into this phone, and that's the beauty of the book. Nothing requires an extra app. Nothing requires any additional software other than what's built into the iPhone. And, again, the book is 101 Handy Tech Tips for the iPhone. It's all about the handy stuff that I just think you should know about. Like what? It's not, necessar- it's not everything you can do with the phone, but it's the stuff. Okay, uh, tip number five, turn your phone into a magnifying glass. So if you go into settings, general, accessibility, there's a function called magnifier. And then anywhere you are, all you have to do is uh, press the home button or the side button on your phone three times fast, and now your iPhone turns into a magnifying glass. You can now, use it for menus. Um, I've shared that on TV. People love that tip. That's in the book. Now, does that connect um, with a light? Yes, you can have a light on there as well. Oh, so at the I, same time you're doing the magnifier. So, it's, for example, if you, are, uh, if you have an, uh, a, a, a issue with your site uh, with menus and it's dark, you can actually light it up and magnify absolutely and i wow. also give you another tip let's say you don't need the magnifier you just want to use the flashlight in the restaurant like a lot of people do yes did you know that you can actually change the brightness of the flashlight on the iphone so you can go 25 percent, 50 percent, 75 100 uh just by hard pressing on the icon instead of you know just tapping it once you have to go into control center which i teach you how to do but again, if you're in a darkly lit restaurant, you don't need 100% brightness on the flashlight. I always see the people using that. It's like, oh, come on, you're blinding us all. Um, 
I can teach you that. Let's see. Did you know that there's a hidden level built into the iPhone? I use this to, to mount the pictures in my house. You can go around and turn your compass. So everyone's used the compass on your iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you swipe on the compass, it actually turns into a level, and you can use it to level things. That's tip number 16. Hey, I have, uh, a, I have a question regarding all of these phones. Does any single person know everything about the phone where they know all the apps and everything it can do? No, no, not even me. I mean, so even when I was researching this book, you know, so what I did was for about six months, I just, any email question I got, I kind of like take that into, uh, into consideration. I went through all the apps, kind of thinking about the things that I do on them, kind of took a deep dive into what these apps do. And I picked the things that are kind of a little bit you know, necessary, but off the, um, you know, off the normal track. So it's the stuff that you need to know about, but you might not necessarily think to do, like how to scan a document. So a lot of people think you need a third-party app to scan a document with your iPhone, but the feature is actually built right in. So is the ability to sign a document. So your iPhone can actually store a signature, and you can drag and drop that onto a document and then email it out as a PDF. And that's all inside the Notes app. And I tested that on several people and said, hey, do you know how to scan a document with your iPhone? Uh, no, not really. I'll just take a picture of it. So, Rich, Please. where where do you find uh, these the ability of these phones? I mean, do you call up uh, Apple? Do they have a book the size of a phone book, if you know what a phone book no. is out there? So it's, no. it's just discovering what it is? It, it, exactly. It's discovering it. And that's the thing. The iPhone does not come with a user guide. Um, this book is not a user guide. It's more of a... Here are the things that I think you should know because you just you, you, you can browse the book, you can look through it, um, and you learn. And you say, and you just keep it in the back of your head. You say, "Oh, interesting. If I need to remember where I parked, my phone can do that. Um, you, your phone can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, those Wi-Fi pop-ups you see on the people's phones all the time. I'm looking at their screen. Next thing you know, it says, "Hey, do you want to join this Wi-Fi network?" Nobody ever takes the time to turn it off. And tip number thirty-one, I tell you how to do that. Um, you and I, we wake up pretty early. Normally, people are using the normal iPhone alarm to wake up. It's blaring. It's right in your face. I tell you how to set a gradual alarm using the bedtime feature. That's tip number 57. Hey, what is that? We only have a second to go. What is the sure. weirdest of the 101 tips? Oh, my gosh. Significant locations. Uh, <laughs> this is a map of all of the places that you go to the most. And if you were in a relationship where someone suspected something of you, this is the first place they would check. And I tell you how to check that, and it's tip number 35. And, again, it's all in the book, 101 Handy Tech Tips for the iPhone um, on my website, richontech.tv. You can order it on Amazon. I find, and I'm getting a lot of feedback from the book, people that even know the iPhone are saying, Rich, I got to hand it to you. You taught me some stuff I did not know. All right. So, Rich, we just spent an entire segment whoring your book. <laughs> Thank and, you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you owe me one big time. You know that, don't you? I really you? appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, that's okay. 101 tips for uh, the iPhone, iPhone tips, and it's available on Amazon and uh, Rich's, uh, what, Rich your website. Uh, yeah, there you go. Richontech.tv. All right, Rich, take care. All right. All right, so he's gone to the next talk show, whoring his book. Uh, He's a good guy. He really knows his stuff. That's why uh, we went there today. All right, coming up. A uh, question I had this morning was how Europe reports these shootings, like the Gazette shooting, Cap uh, the uh, Capital Gazette newspaper shooting yesterday. And is it a major story over there? Is it sort of a side story? How big a deal do they make about it? 
Well, Danny Pike, who is a reporter at BBC Sussex, who uh, Alex traced, uh, was tracked down, is going to join us and we'll talk about their coverage of what happened yesterday. KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here on a Friday, June 29th. Of course, the big story that we're covering is the shooting of the Capital Gazette newspaper office in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, Yesterday, five people were killed. Uh, The gunman, uh, Jared Ramos, has been charged with five counts of first-degree murder. So this morning, I had a conversation with Alex, uh, our producer, about how they cover stories like this overseas. And I'm thinking... uh, You know, in Europe, for example, they must think we're just nuts that we're the Wild West. So Alex suggested, uh, why don't we talk to someone over there? And uh, she has access to a presenter. I love that. A reporter at BBC uh, Sussex, Danny Pike. Uh, Danny, thanks for joining us on this. And, well, good afternoon to you. Uh, So my question is, uh, this it was huge news here. Was it a big deal in England? Hello, Danny. Hi, Bill. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, uh, please. It, it certainly was was news here and is still news here today. So this came out after an hour time yesterday, and it was certainly on the evening news. The morning TV shows, of course, the 24-hour networks were covering it from BBC and Sky News over here. And the story was still prominent in the main bulletins on the TV and radio shows here this morning. Now, when we talk about prominent, well, here in the United States... This was not only the the biggest story, but it was number one, two, three, and four, with the other stories being number five. How big a deal was it relative to the other news that you were covering? Well, uh, looking at the uh, BBC front page now, the main BBC website here in the UK, this story is on the front page, together with all the other news and sport uh, from the UK. So it is a big story. I think uh, the UK always covers mass shootings, from the U.S., uh, so I'm thinking about the school shootings, the one at the Las Vegas concert uh, last year, and yesterday's attack as well. Um, also, just interestingly, I was reading um, on the website the stories that are most read in the U.K., and actually the most read one is about Ed Sheeran being sued by Marvin Gaye's family over a copyright issue with one of his songs. But in terms of news, I would say um, a story like this is always covered in the U.K. because it's so shocking to us, because we don't have... The, the same uh, gun ownership and culture that you have in the States. Um, so it always is very upsetting. I think it was 22 years ago, the last time there was a shooting at a school in the UK, and uh, that remains the, the most deadliest attack uh, um, in uh, for shooting in British history when uh, 18 people died, including the gunman himself at Dunblane in Scotland. Right, and of course that changed uh, a lot of the laws relating to uh, gun ownership. Now, uh, in in general, I mean, obviously you are uh, you know reporter with the BBC and uh, just part of society. A lot of water cooler talk. How do people in England view the U.S. vis-a-vis gun violence? Do they think of this as uh, Tombstone, Arizona, where everybody has a gun walking into town? Uh, I I think we realize that a lot of people do own guns for a variety of different reasons. And we understand, um, you know, your constitutional right to carry guns. But I think still... While you see the number of school, and I think it's the school shootings bill that really upset people here, the thought that people can wander into a school and murder innocent children in their school day 
really is still quite shocking. And um, we also appreciate that it's very difficult to change that culture and change the law as a result. It's confusing, it's, it's upsetting, but I think we understand it, but we're, you know, we appreciate that we don't have the same culture here. Now, is it an understanding of uh, the constitutional law that we're talking about, where people clearly understand what the law is about uh, versus what the culture is about, what the history is about, mainly to do with you Brits, uh, starting with uh, uh, the revolution, and uh, we, had to have, we had to become an armed society? Uh, wh- what is the thinking or the philosophy over there regarding all of that? I think we understand the historical context of it. What we don't understand is the kind of powerful weapons with, with the automatic features on them where you can shoot so many bullets and why an everyday citizen would need one of those living in a city centre, for instance. That's the bit that you think, well, why hasn't that been addressed? Why hasn't that changed? All right. Uh, thanks. Greatly appreciated, Danny. Uh, have a good one. You're, you're almost finished with work for the day, aren't you? Pretty much knocked off. It's uh, very warm here today. It's about uh, 26 degrees, so it uh, might be time to hit the yeah. beach shortly. And, yeah, no one has any idea what 26 degrees is centigrade, no. but uh, it's, 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 it's hot. A, it's quite a lot of Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's nice and warm. All right, take care, Danny. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Danny Pike. Presenters. I love presenters. Matter of fact, I once, uh, I, was, I happened to be at BBC one year, and we needed, oh, it was when Frank Sinatra died, and I was on vacation, and... I had to continue on with my show. I was on vacation, but our program director at that time said, Handle, you've got to go on the air. Uh, and so the BBC provided a studio. They were wonderful about it. And right next door, there was what they call a chat show, uh, their version of a talk show. And I will never forget, uh, I think her name was Ann Ripley, if my memory serves, a lot of years ago, who was the afternoon uh, chat show host. And it was a call-in show. But let me explain what the call-ins were. People would call in, someone would write the questions, and then hand it to her, and she would say, Mrs. Dunridge from uh, Chelsea has this question. Handle, this is an update now from the police department in Annapolis, Maryland. I want to start today by offering the sincere condolences of the Anne Arundel County Police Department to the Capitol Gazette staff, much like police Local newspapers become a family, and their family suffered unutterable tragedy yesterday. Most of the folks that work at the Capitol Gazette work with us daily, weekly, and we know them. It's not only a loss for them. I want them to know that. It's a loss for the Anne Arundel County Police Department, and truly, it's an unutterable loss for the city of Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. So our hearts go out to them. We'll be thinking of them as we move forward, and we wish them the best as they try to deal with their grief. I also have to thank a bunch of people, so I'll ask you to bear with me on this. There were 300 law enforcement officers on that scene yesterday. 300-ish law enforcement officers from the Annapolis Police Department, the Anne Arundel County Sheriff's Office, the Maryland State Police, Howard County Police Department, the Maryland Transportation Authority Police, Department of Maryland Department of Natural Resources Police, Annapolis Fire and Bomb Squad, Prince George's County Police Department, Montgomery County, Maryland started to send us help, BWI, Baltimore Washington International Airport's Fire and Rescue Services came, the NSA Police came, the FBI 
was, as always, a very present help in times of trouble. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms gave us a large amount of help. NSA came to help. The United States Secret Service came to help. And the postal inspectors came to help. Whether they were helping us direct traffic, whether they were bringing water to cops who were dehydrated, or whether they helped us go in that building and save people's lives. Every cop from all those agencies was a part of how we saved people's lives yesterday. I thank them from the bottom of my heart for the Anne Arundel County Police Department. I'd also like to thank our community. One of the beautiful things about wearing a badge and a patch in Anne Arundel County is we know how our community feels about us. We've heard you the last 24 hours. As always, we thank you for that support and love, and we thank you for the support and love that's going out to the Capitol Gazette. The business community is absolutely at front and center of that larger community. We have had so many showings of love from our business community in the area in the last 24 hours. I am, as always, humbled and touched by their support. I can confirm for you at this time that we identified the suspect with help through other investigative techniques by using facial recognition technology from the Maryland Image Repository System. I'd like to thank Governor Hogan for allowing us that help. I'd like to thank the Maryland Combined Analysis Center, its commanders, and I'd like to thank the state police for being so present in helping us identify the suspect. We were able to use that and a couple other techniques to make sure we knew who the bad guy was. I will not say his name today. I refuse to do it. I wish you wouldn't do it, but I know better. He doesn't deserve us to talk about him one more second. Thank you to the Maryland Combined Analysis Center. There are no other suspects we're looking for right now. We have no reason to believe anybody else but the suspect was involved in this atrocity. We did recover the suspect's car after a pretty lengthy search um, nearby. We have conducted a search warrant on that. I can't give you much more on that right now because we're still putting puzzle pieces together. We did also do overnight a search warrant in the 400 block of Armstrong Court. Maryland State Police helped us serve that warrant last night. I'd like to thank them again. We did find evidence at the residence. I can't go into a whole bunch of details about it, but I will tell you that it's evidence showing the origination of planning, things like that, in his apartment. And it shows um, what we knew we would find, which is that we have one bad guy and that for his own reasons he chose to do what he did yesterday. We've confirmed, I think, already that it was a shotgun used in the incident. I will also confirm it was a pump-action shotgun. It was legally purchased a year or so ago. And I'm going to close and allow questions with this. This was a targeted attack. We can't fathom why that person chose to do this. We don't think we have any more clear and present dangers to the citizens of Anne Arundel County. That person has had a history with the Anne Arundel County Police Department. In May of 13, we did have a situation where online threatening comments were made. 
We had a detective assigned to investigate it. The detective spoke with legal counsel for the Capitol Gazette, several members of the Capitol Gazette staff. Mr. Markhart, who's had some comments in the news media, was scheduled to be on that conference call. He did not call in. On that conference call, it was discussed that the Capitol Gazette did not wish to pursue criminal charges. There was a fear that doing so would exacerbate an already flammable situation. Lieutenant Frazier will, after appropriate redaction, be sending you the police report on that incident. We'll be able to do that in the next couple hours. Bear with us as we do that. We're trying to do it right. We're only going to get one shot at doing this right. And with that, I'll take a couple questions. Regardless of how the Gazette felt about not pressing charges. All right, we're going to bail out of it at that point. That was uh, the Aradell County Sheriff of, uh, of the area where, of course, uh, the shooting took place. And uh, he just gave us some more information. One, uh, he let us know that the after the search of uh, the suspect's uh, home, they did find evidence of the planning. This was a systematic planning of an attack. Uh, it was targeted. We know that. We still don't know if individuals were targeted versus uh, just the Gazette itself. And at this point, it looks like there weren't any individuals uh, targeted, although we don't know. So uh, let's go right into Handle on the News Late Edition. We'll start with this story and then uh, go right up to the top of the hour. And this is a super segment, which means there will be no commercials uh, at our normal commercial break. So it's Jennifer Jones Lee, Rich Murata in for Wayne, and me. And this, of course, is our lead story. And I think one of the most interesting things that we did learn from that news conference that we just heard was the chief saying that the newspaper had, in fact, taken seriously the threats that they had been getting, apparently, from this guy over time, but had decided not to pursue charges against him because of fear of making the situation more flammable than it already was. They knew this guy was dangerous. Yeah, very interesting point of that. We're going to get more information. And this happens, the chief said, in the next couple of hours, we're going to get some more information. So there'll be another uh, press conference, another presser. And then we're waiting for the president at 915, Hmm. give or take, uh, to weigh in from Washington. And, of course, we'll cover that. Also interesting, I thought, uh, from the press conference, Bill, was the the fact that they had found evidence— of uh, the dude wholly planning this out yeah. at his house. Yeah, it was just uh, really some crazy stuff going on. But then again, uh, welcome to America. Just remember, guns don't kill, uh, kill people, people kill people. Uh, that's going to be my mantra for the rest of my life. Also, this morning, we talked to, or I talked to Danny Pike, who is a reporter at BBC, talking about how it was covered in Europe. So what I want to do, there was a sound cut uh, from England Uh, of what was happening in real time. So I I just want to play that because we didn't get to that uh, during the segment. A gunman has burst into the offices of a newspaper in the U.S. state of Maryland, killing five people. Employees at the Capitol Gazette in Annapolis hid beneath their desks as the man opened fire. The novelist Carl Hyerson said his brother Rob, the paper's assistant editor, was among the dead. It's thought the gunman had unsuccessfully sued the paper in 2012 for defamation. Our correspondent, Nada Torfik, has been following the developments in Annapolis. Police responded to the first shots within minutes. 
The gunman had set off. All right. Uh, it, so I had asked, is it as big a deal over there as it is here? And the answer is yes. They covered it like we did. It became uh, front page instant news, which I found a little surprising because uh, my question to him or my thinking was, here's another one. And uh, but no, just like us, uh, there, there's a number and we've never figured out what what that number is when it becomes a major story. Five seems to be clearly one. Uh, I don't think so. What well, how many, um, you know, because we covered it like crazy. And right. America oh, went yeah. in France when the, what was that, Charlie? Uh, he, yeah, I have to. Yeah. Oh, we were going, we were going balls to the wall yeah. on that one. It was real time. We brought, right. we went straight to, but that was a, that was a, uh, a terrorist attack in real time. Right. It wasn't, this has happened. It was happening now yeah of course we didn't know if yesterday if it was a terrorist attack as it was happening we didn't know anything about what was going on Uh, it was pretty early on uh, they knew that it wasn't a terrorist attack all right uh, let's move on with some more news we have to carry uh, we have to cover some of it sean hannity blames maxine waters for the capitol gazette shooting i spoke to sean hannity everybody refuses to call that's not fair to hannity he didn't say that. What he uh, responded to the shooting, he said, oh, God, good grief, so scary. Uh, it's so sad. There are so many sick, demented, evil people in this world. Really sad. And then he pivoted to talking to about Walters and her telling protesters to push back on members of the Trump administration. He did not say this is a, as a result of what she said, although he did not mention uh, commentator Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, the crazy guy who sent a text to a New York the New York Observer reporter earlier in the week that read, I can't wait for the vigilante squads to start gunning journalists down on site. Yeah. That one Hannity ignored. Yeah. But, and, you know, I, I don't think it helps any. And I'm not blaming Trump for what happened yesterday. But it just adds to this whole anti-media chaos and hysteria by Trump constantly st- stating the press are the enemy of the people. Yeah, well, you know, what is that? That's like some phrase out of Stalin. You know, that's just re- that's just ridiculous phraseology to be the, the press are the enemy of the people. Or the, you know what? The I enemy s- of the state. In, what what so, the hell is that? I so miss you, Rich. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. In this whole case, I just want to go back to the fact that this guy has been doing this since 2012. It's not like this is something yeah. new. It's not like he hasn't threatened them before. Sometimes yeah. crazy is just crazy. All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger news. He's mocked the president's desire to rescue the coal industry. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So if you remember, uh, he said during the course of the campaign, I will bring back coal jobs. Right. Okay. How many has he brought back? Uh, in 1923, it was the peak of the coal mining industry. <laughs> 863,000 coal miners. Uh, by 2016, it was 50,000 coal miners that are working, which is the least number in at least 25, 125 years. Harvard Business Review discussed retraining the coal miners for work in solar because solar is the fastest rising employment sector in the United States that has now hundreds of thousands and will soon be into the millions but we've got to get the jobs back for 50,000 coal miners, even though coal is on its last legs. Within the next few years, coal is gone, gone as a source of energy. 
just, just talking about it, just... Gee, a little rhetoric there? What do you think? But Schwarzenegger's comment was kind of funny. He said, I mean, what are you going to bring back next? Floppy disks? Fax machines? <laughs> beanie babies? Beepers? Uh, blockbuster? Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, Trump has mocked Schwarzenegger quite a bit. Oh, oh yes. yes. Those two aren't sure going to be has. dining oh, together anytime a, soon. Yeah, it's a great fight. And fighting privilege, the Senate finally wants to pay its interns. You might not ever get rich. I don't know the answer to this question. How many interns are there per Senate office? Do you know? I uh, know. Uh, a few. How's that? That's good. You know, more, that was marginal legal advice right yeah, there. More, more than two, less than 4,000. <laughs> Sorry to throw you a curve. I'm glad you had an answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. But here's the point. Uh, they are going to pay interns. Why? And this makes sense because it's an unpaid position. Yeah. And poor people can't afford unpaid positions. They have to eat and feed the family. So uh, what this used to be is, frankly, white people of means who, well, had, you? who, who had connections right. to uh, the governmental officials or senators or congresspeople. Aren't you fed and boarded if you're an intern? Uh, I don't know. There, It could be. But I again, you still need money. I, yeah. And uh, that's uh, there are certain programs I think you are. Others, I, I don't know. I've never been an intern. Well, the Senate has now allocated $5 million to compensate all of its interns, which means yeah. about 50000 per office. So that's what I was wondering, right. how many there were per office then. Now, uh, it uh, here's a, a really interesting spin on that. Because now, uh, because of lawsuits, interns are paid across the board unless... There are some exemptions, one of them being if uh, an intern is part of a school, if it's part of a school project or credit is being given. For example, our intern program here, which interns get no money whatsoever, they have to get credit in school. Right. For example, uh, Jennifer, what school are you going to now? Me? Yeah, that you're getting uh, an intern uh, credit for right now. It's called the School of KFI. Uh, yeah, that is. As a matter of fact, we're about to establish the University of KFI for all of our employees That's here. truly School of Hard Knocks. Yes. Yeah. Hey, so I'm just looking it up. It says, how do students find affordable housing when they're interns? Some programs help their interns find housing. There are youth hostels in Washington, D.C. that provide shared housing for the students. All right, so the students still have to pay. Yeah. Okay, lovely. So uh, you got a, a kid who is dirt poor or poorer and uh, not getting paid and has to pay for housing and has to pay for food. How does it, how does a kid yeah. do that? Uh, and that's why the Senate uh, is uh, now is saying payment. Oh, incidentally, you know the House and the Senate are exempt from every rule in the world. <laughs> you know, they don't have to pay minimum wage. They've exempted themselves from everything. OSHA doesn't cover them. I mean, nothing uh, because it's the Senate. It's the house. I think KFI interns should at least get a, you know. They get nothing. Cookies. They get nothing. A banana or something in the morning. You know what they get? They get the pleasure of running down to my refrigerator and getting me a Diet (laughs) Coke. Getting use of the That's what they get. (laughs) That's not true. Some of them are awesome and turn in from intern to Alex. That's true. And uh, Some get jobs eventually. Very few. Michelle ends up, uh, she, our executive producer, producer, started as an intern on this show. Yeah. All right. And, but how many interns have we had since then? A bazillion. A bazillion. <laughs> what do I tell interns to uh, give them some hope? That you'll last show. a week. That's right. Alex, what did I tell you when you first started? 
uh, who are you, and then you'll last a week. That's exactly correct. Do you still show them your paycheck and say you'll never get close to making this? No, I don't do that anymore because <laughs> they told me that it's not nice. a good idea. <laughs> and it wasn't the paycheck itself. It was the envelope. Oh, I, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> well, France is going to bring back mandatory national service for all 16-year-olds. 16? Genius in France. Yeah. That's too young. That 16 for mandatory and, service, 16? Yeah, and, well, it's not. Uh, this is not conscription. It's um, It lasts a month, the first part, and uh, I, I don't even understand this. Requires participants to live together as they develop a culture of commitment to strengthen their place and role in society. That's, I feel like it, what the hell does that mean? What, do you have to live in like a dorm room? I don't know. They don't say. And uh, then there's part two. Uh, the young people will be encouraged to a voluntary commitment of at least three months uh, activities. It could be re- related to defense and security in the Army, police, uh, gendarmerie. Exactly. Yeah, gendarmes, that, that area. Fire service, civil security. I, I don't get that. What, are they going to be firemen for three months? Well, 16-year-olds? And how, how it's going to take you a month to train them in whatever yeah, position that, that they're doing. Yeah, I don't so get how that. effective how, is this? I'm not you against say, the mandatory service for, let's say when you're out of high school, say at 18, okay? Right. You get out of high school. Between high school and college, I, I think a year is mandatory service, not in the military necessarily, but to give you, if you had a wide option of things to choose from. You cleaning know, up freeways? Cleaning up, yeah. No, whatever. Sure, why not? Yeah. By the way, how do you for say. A year, maybe. How do you say it's a crock in French? Because that's what this is. Le croquet. Le croquet. Yes. <laughs> Le programme de croquet. Yes. Puerto Rico is making a push to be the 51st state. I was born in After that experience they just have, I can't believe that. Oh, no. They want to be a state because it's... They think they'd be treated better then? Yep. Yeah. Yep. There are more pro- many more programs available to states than there are to, uh, to territories. Matter of fact, last time out... 97% of Puerto Ricans voted in favor of statehood in a non-binding referendum. So they want it. Now, Congress has to say yes, and the president has to vote on it. And and then the state seal of Puerto Rico, they already have that. It's a hubcap uh, with... Uh, Silence, see- please. Don't say anything, Jennifer. I'm so sorry let they're him, talking to me about... Just, uh, sit on, uh, did you... Uh, yeah. I, can you not you don't see even they're giving know. me breaking news right now? Uh, okay. Uh, do, do you not see this? I No, I don't. Moreover, I don't... Why are you ripping on me this morning? I'm, I'm not. I, nothing to, I didn't say anything about you. There's know nothing to do said. with you. So what is the breaking news? Uh, they're telling me that I need to fix one of the stories that I had in here planned for 9 o'clock because they have an update on it. I haven't read it yet, so I can't tell you what it is. See, this is... Uh, how this we is make behind how, the scenes radio. Right, how we make the sausage. <laughs> this is inside baseball. Really? Exactly. All right, I'll tell you in a second what that says because I have to move on. There is a new medically confirmed case of a U.S. employee in Cuba hit in one of these mystery health incidents. So now that means there are 26 employees from the U.S. in Cuba who were affected. I'm young and healthy, and you've got no. charm. <laughs> it would really be a sin not to have you in my arms. Now, is this about, a, they, this story doesn't mention the hearing loss. Well, yeah, at the very, very end, there was, uh, it says a separate team at the U- University of Michigan published a report arguing it was possible to eavesdropping bugs or other devices placed too close together entangled their ultrasonic waves and caused painful and dangerous interference. So this, they're That's, trying to figure out, was it actually just possibly a technical thing, or was this intentional against these guys? I don't know. All right. Bubble baby uh, disease story. Bubble baby disease. Now they might have a cure for it. Bubble baby.
Yeah, did you ever, the movie uh, about David the Bubble Boy? Oh, yeah. With uh, John Travolta did a great job. There was that Seinfeld episode on the Bubble Boy. I don't, I didn't remember that oh, one. Yeah. But anyway, that's the disease where there's literally no uh, immunity at all. Uh, the ability to fight off anything, a cold, I mean, anything, which means the only way anybody can survive is to live in a bubble where the air is filtered and no viruses can get in and and the kids just never leave uh, the bubble. Is well, that a birth defect or you develop yeah, no, born, that I think somehow? You're, I think you're born with it. Uh. Anyway, what this doctor did, and it's really interesting, took out uh, blood marrow and extracted uh, stem cells and then did some genetic engineering and, cor- and corrected the genetic mutation, inserted the gene responsible for making this uh, particular, it's, it's an amino acid or whatever the hell it is, and um, then it started, uh, then, then he started creating it on his own, the ability to fight disease, and it turned it around. Yeah, he and, says he's uh, using viruses for good. Yeah, really weird. All right. Uber and Lyft. And the wait times, not so statistically different among the races. I I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily buy this. Uh, I think there is a substantial difference from, and maybe it's anecdotal, and it is anecdotal, but too many anecdotes uh, to come down. So a study was uh, made um, that was done by UCLA uh, that uh, African Americans have the same chance of their rides being canceled. But do they know who you are when that's, you that's the are requesting the ride? That's the difference. Uh, which um, which of the companies that will not give a picture is just a name and a uh, and a phone number and a location? I think when I get an Uber, that's it. That's all you get. I think, yeah. And when when do they cancel the ride? You mean somebody applies for a ride with Uber? Yeah, and they just pass it right up and cancel. Drivers don't have to accept everybody. If you've got some scrungy-looking guy or someone You can who just is, drive past the person? Absolutely. Or I think if they're drunk or something like that, yeah. or you don't feel safe, you don't have to accept them. And then the argument is African-Americans saying they were precluded, they were discriminated against far more than white people. And, I, yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, I don't take Uber enough. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, so I, I don't know anecdotally. But uh, according to UCLA, um, nope, there's no difference. Talk to a few... Uh, African-Americans who've been discriminated and see if they buy that. Well, Permit Patty, speaking of discrimination, she claims she only pretended to call police, but then there's an audio of a 911 call that kind of contradicts that. She called the police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. The whole world gonna see you, boo. I still love that. Yeah. So she threatened this little eight-year-old African-American girl selling water without a permit. A uh, little girl was selling it on the, I think, street corner. Yeah. And and so she is pretending to call 911, or so she says, she called 911. In the video, so see, here's how the, they're going to split hairs on this. In the video, she is pretending to call 911. After the video, she did call 911. So that, yeah. I don't know. Well, oh, she is suitably uh, reviled by just about the entire population. Oh, yes, pretty much. Totally hated. Oh, here's someone's going to be hated a lot. Yeah, an Ivy League student who's went out there campaigning against sexual violence has now been charged with child sex crimes. Another one. Yeah, but this one is particularly confounding. 
Uh, he founded uh, the international organization Youth to End Sexual Violence. I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, youth ambassador to the United Nations, uh, representative on sexual violence. He traveled the world with Angelina Jolie and uh, was talking about sexual violence. Turns out that this guy is a predator and depraved as they come. Uh, he went on the internet and uh, ended up exchanging text messages with undercover FBI agents trying to have sex, arrange meetings with a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a two-year-old boy. You wonder if he used Enough his sense. position to prey on these people know, to get access Maybe. to these kids. How do you have? How do you chat with a two-year-old? Uh, to arrange par- something with a two-year-old. I think maybe it's a parent, a guardian. They don't say specifically. You never but. know if he like said, oh, well, let me uh, babysit the kid. Yeah, gotcha. or, you know, uh, I don't okay. know. Wow. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, player has been suspended for the first three games of 2018. Another one. This is Jameis Winston, a real up-and-coming, uh, to-be-great quarterback, starting quarterback for Tampa Bay, and... Uh, Apparently, according to an Uber driver, he reached over the seat and grabbed her crotch. Hey, uh, three-game suspension without pay, is that about right? No, uh, Rich, no, is that too not. much, no, too little? It's too little. It's too little. He should be getting at least a six-game suspension under their okay. personal conduct or ruling. I don't get this. I don't, I don't understand why. And they're not explaining why, if, although they said their investigation does show definitely that he, that he uh, touched her inappropriately. And so, you know... Come on, Tom Brady got suspended four games for supposedly maybe deflating a football. Here's a guy but touching sexually, it, but touching it inappropriately. He touched the maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. But well, Winston actually has kind of a history of misdeeds sexually over at Florida State. He was once in a civil suit uh, charging him with sexually assaulting a woman that was settled, and then he jumped up. Uh, I remember there was a famous video of him jumping up on a cafeteria table and yelling sexual epithets. Real immature. Cement head, uh, Jameis Winston. And he's not growing up. All right, let, one last story. Half of LGBTQ workers are still not out at the office, according to this new report. Not. God, this, you would think we've gotten a lot further than that, but it could be just lip service uh, in terms of uh, LGBTQ uh, rights. Uh, a Human Rights Campaign Foundation found that the percentage of uh, these workers uh, who say they are closeted has only dropped by uh, more than uh, just by four points. Uh, there is, uh, they're still getting harassed like crazy, according to this. And I thought that it's more open that, but then it could be just we live in Southern California. Handle, this is the prosecutor in the case for in Annapolis, Maryland. Sorry to interrupt you. To hold Mr. Ramos without bail. The next step in this process is uh, either a preliminary hearing or bringing the case before a grand jury for an indictment. Either of those things will occur in the next 30 days. From then, uh, from there, the case would then be for- forwarded to the circuit court. That is uh, the results of today's proceedings. Why don't you want to wait? Can you please repeat the series? All right, you're listening right there to Wes oh, well, Adams. Shoot. He's the man that's going to be taking. The- he was trying to explain why uh, he had. Had the the bail set or the no bail, I guess the the suspect to be held without bail is why he just went up to explain why they were going through that, why he was considered to be such a flight risk. So I'll get the details on that. Fair enough, and we'll come back with that. In the meantime, uh, when we come back, it's going to be uh, John Thomas, the Thomas Guide to Politics. 
And, of course, a lot of it is going to be about uh, the new uh, nominee, uh, the Trump-Putin meeting, making a lot of people nervous, uh, congressional races, what's happening here in California. We have, a, we have a little bit to talk about with John Thomas and the Thomas guy. And then uh, coming up at 9.30, Foodie Friday, and we are going to be doing a taste test, but it is the first taste test we have ever done on this show with massive political repercussions. How does that work? Tune in at 9.30, don't you? Tease, 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 tease. All right, this is KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. Justice Anthony Kennedy, a very special guy. I'm very honored that he chose to do it during my term in office because he felt confident in me to make the right choice and carry on his great legacy. That's why he did KFI Handel here. It is a, a Friday morning. Of course, the big uh, story that we're covering, uh, the Capital Gazette newspaper attack in Maryland. Uh, Jared Ramos has been charged with uh, five counts of first-degree murder, a targeted attack uh, with a shotgun. And uh, the old saw that... Uh, Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Even the biggest advocates of gun control aren't saying anything about shotguns being limited. So, well, and he purchased it what a year ago. So it wasn't like you could have a, you couldn't have a time limit right, really. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind of speaks to the point of bad guys are going to do bad things. Well, but, but the, the, other... the police response time was two minutes. Incredible. I know. You know the, gu- the the only thing I'm hearing from gun rights people are uh, they're saying. Uh, these kind of media companies should have had armed security guards in the front. They never would have gotten through. You know, at CNN, they now have armed security guards. They didn't a year ago, and they have bulletproof everything in the entrance. And we've come to that point. Hardened schools, businesses, it's, uh, well, it's just where we're at. Uh, so, again, guns don't kill, kill people. People kill people. And uh, there was a story that uh, we didn't get to in Germany. A guy was arrested for uh, killing, they think, 26 people. Uh, with uh, putting uh, deadly powder in their sandwiches, opening up their lunch boxes and pulling the bread apart and putting this stuff uh, in their... <coughs> Excuse me! And uh, putting their stuff in the sandwiches, which immediately had me think, sandwiches don't kill people, people <laughs> kill people. Okay, uh, let's move on. But Bill, it's Free Movie Friday without <laughs> tickets. It's back. Okay. They are giving you... A chance to win free free movie tickets. Text them now, Bill. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. What are you going to have me stop doing this? Never. Because <laughs> I already do it once. Okay. I'm gonna do it. All right. I want to talk about uh, the politics of replacing Anthony Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of politics, but I want to start with. Uh, and this is not uh, one side or the other and uh, conservative or liberal. This may be the first president who's had the opportunity to uh, select a nominee who he has no political connections anywhere. In other words, people who have become presidents have connections. They, they dealt with senators. Uh, there's, there's some connection between a nomination. There's none here. So does Sean Hannity help him decide? <laughs> uh, who does he go to? Because even he realizes that in choosing a Supreme Court uh, uh, 
justice. He is. He doesn't know all of it. He, yeah, he knows he's a babe in the woods here. Right, and he understands he's a babe in the woods. He does, and he also understands the gravity of this decision. Um, so there's a couple ways I, I know firsthand of how he's approaching it. First of all, he's most likely looking at the list of 25 not potential nominees that he had opened up, pub, uh, uh, submitted publicly on the campaign trail of people that he would consider. And who? where did he get that uh, list? Who was, gave it to him? It was a com- compilation of folks from the Heritage Institute. Um, just, uh, I think there were some private uh, like conservative attorneys that put together. They all kind of compiled. I think it was Heritage, which mostly drove that. It makes sense, because that is, is, whether you agree with Heritage or not, they are connected they to the legal community. They know. They know. And, and you may recall on the campaign trail, one of the knocks on Donald Trump was that He's a squish. He's not a real Republican. Uh, and so part of Trump was saying, if you if you elect me, I'm going to give you the most conservative pick. And we were just talking about potentially Gorsuch. We, we weren't talking about other picks at that point. Uh, and so he said to get out of it, he said, here's my list. OK, I'm not telling you which one, but here's my list of people I consider. And it gave a lot of especially social conservatives a, a uh, sigh of relief. But okay, these are pretty good picks. And then, of course, Gorsuch. But here's here's the thing, Bill. I mean, we chatted uh, on the phone about this earlier in the week. This second appointment, uh, which I think he will pick a conservative. I don't oh, think sure. it will be. I mean, be there's a- nobody else on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although, you know, Trump's known to be wild at times. But no, I, th- I think it will be a good conservative. Now it's just a question of is it a woman? Uh, right. What who, who, who Was it somebody who clerked for Scalia? This is one of the singular biggest things next to the economy that Trump could have done because he retains his the social conservative base that will be with him in 2020. And I want to come back and talk to you about how the Gorsuch nomination really didn't mean very much. It was it was a throwaway. You know, you're looking at me. I'll explain why. Okay. I'll explain why that was a good tease. Yes. (laughs) And then we're going to get into more of this and then a little bit about Trump and Putin uh, that meeting is making a lot of people nervous. I really want to get into the part where uh, Trump uh, accosts uh, President Putin with uh, meddling in uh, the election. Uh, that 13-second conversation. No, the three-second conversation. And I'll uh, get into that when we come back. Uh, it's uh, the Thomas Guide to Politics handle here, and we shall return. In the meantime, uh, Jennifer- Here's the President of the United States. He's supposed to be talking about the six-month anniversary of tax cuts and the Jobs Act, but he's expected to make some comments on the shooting in Annapolis yesterday. Thank you very much, everybody. The economy is indeed doing well. Six months ago, we unleashed an economic miracle by signing the biggest tax cuts and reforms. I have to add the word reform, very important word, 
But the tax cuts is what got us there, and that's what's really doing it. The biggest tax cuts in American history. Now it's my great honor to welcome you back to the White House to celebrate six months of new jobs, bigger paychecks, and keeping more of your hard-earned money where it belongs, in your pocket or wherever else you want to spend it. Before going any further, I'd like to address the horrific shooting that took place yesterday at Capital Gazette Newsroom in Annapolis, Maryland. This attack shocked the conscience of our nation and filled our hearts with grief. Journalists, like all Americans, should be free from the fear of being violently attacked while doing their job. To the families of the victims, there are no words to express our sorrow for your loss. Horrible, horrible event, horrible thing happened. When you're suffering, we pledge our eternal support. This suffering is so great. I've seen some of the people so great. My government will not rest until we have done everything in our power to reduce violent crime and to protect innocent life. We will not ever leave your side. So our warmest best wishes and regrets. Horrific, horrible thing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was uh, the president. Uh, it's uh, pablum, uh, but it's necessary. Every president has to say stuff like this. You have this. no choice. Yeah, no. you have, and, and even though... And it, there's nothing you can say. No, and you, you know, you, the, the eyebrows go up and uh, you go, oh, come on, really? You know, thoughts and prayers and horrible and we're going to do everything to support you. Uh, and under his breath, he's being honest, saying, I have no idea what the hell that means, uh, but I've got to say it. And uh, the only thing worse is him not saying it. Well... I think he looks at his role as saying, I, maybe I can do some things to comfort the victims. And that's the basically members, it. And that's it. That's yeah, it. That's, that's it. the bottom line. I'd probably call up every one of those. Right. Uh, the fam- Well, you can't call all the families, but, you know, invite everybody to the White sure. House and here, have a sandwich, sandwich with and, me. And that's better than nothing. Yeah, but, no, it is. But it doesn't solve the problem, and that's, no, it that's doesn't. the challenge. And, uh, you know, I'd like for them to, well, I don't know if the president is too early for that, but we were talking uh, during the break where uh, the next step is, for uh, if 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 it is uh, legitimate or if uh, a president of the administration really does believe in doing something and the only answer, it's not going to be reducing guns. Clearly, we know that it's hardening the targets mm-hmm. and we're going to start a federal program uh, to uh, subsidize uh, schools being targeted, uh, for example, bulletproof glass, uh, more guards, uh, more armed security. I mean, there are things that can be done that are practical mm-hmm. measures that no one would argue don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're gonna, not getting in the Second Amendment. We can go crazy with that one. But uh, there are things, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, and the police response time in this instance oh, yeah. was two, incredible. Two, two, three minutes. I, I, but, heard, I, heard, I heard one right. 60 seconds. They but they there. had just had an active shooter drill mm-hmm. the week before. Incredible. And it is incredible. Well, hey, we're out of time. Ah. Aha. Uh-huh. All, All right. right. Well, well, next week we might have a nominee. Uh, yeah. We'll it's, one of the things that Donald Trump does is act very quickly. Mm-hmm. He is not someone that 
slow. Hymns and haws. Yes. No, he doesn't. No, he's going to. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Insert name of conservative nominee here. Uh, I mean, they're all of the same ilk, as you were saying. The only difference is uh, male or female. Is there going to be a uh, a minority uh, interest there? Mm-hmm. Will it be, for example, white? Uh, will it be white? Uh, white or white? Well, th- th- there is a... <laughs> There, there are a couple different <laughs> ethnic breakdowns on the list, but but likely Caucasian is 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 my guess. It's really is it a male or a female, right? And it's and, gonna, and the number of females are a couple only, uh, right? And and but here's the political thing to watch. I know we're out of time, right. so I'll give, finish in ten seconds. The the real key on this vote is not about the, whether or not they get confirmed because they likely will get confirmed. Of course, it's what do those senators in key. Trump states that are up for reelect, like Heidi Heitkamp and Joe Manchin, do they vote against this president's nominee? Because that alone, the areas like North, North Dakota are very pro-life and very pro-Trump. And if she votes against Trump's nominee, that could be yeah, the we, final issue for her. And that has become a real issue. You vote against Trump, you die. Right. Well, she's a Democrat right? because she's under a lot of pressure yeah, from the left yeah. not to vote. It's it's crazy She's between a rock and a rock. Okay, uh, thanks, Thomas. Uh, the Thomas Guide uh, all over social media, and we'll talk to you again next week. And we'll talk to you right after all the right. show. All See right, you, Bill. take care, John Thomas. Coming up, uh, the food, the taste test, and we've never done one of these. It is a taste test with uh, Neil Saavedra, Foodie Friday, that has tremendous political repercussions. For real, I mean, you're giving me the look. Am John. I invited? Sure. You can be oh, part of great. it. Absolutely. Not that he'll try it. I did the blind test. Uh, yeah. No, you're going to be, uh, no, you're going to now do a, a taste oh. test with, as I said, insane political repercussions. For real. KFI AM 640, Jennifer Jones. Today's topic is Korea snack cake, choco pie. Kind of chocolate cake and there is a marshmallow inside. What up, moon pie? <laughs> no one calls me moon pie, but meanwhile. <laughs> All right, Handel here. Foodie Friday with Neil Savedra on the Bill Handel Show. All right, timing is everything as I'm uh, getting into the show. All right, now, uh, we're going to do a taste test today. And in the room, we have uh, Rich Barada, communist boy. We have, that's him applauding for himself. Uh, (laughs) We have Neil Savedra, who, of course, uh, is part of Foodie Friday and uh, naturally the Fork Report on Saturdays, 2 to 5 o'clock. We have John Thomas. Of the Thomas Guide, and then there's me. I don't know where Alex is, and John's in there too, John Ramirez. And we're going to be doing a taste test. Moon pie versus choco pie. Woo! Uh, Now, choco pie, choco pie. Now, why? What are, this is hugely political, and here is why. John, you don't know uh, this, but when South Korea, President of South Korea, (laughs) Met with uh, Kim Jong Un and North and the North Korean administrators or the hierarchy of the party. One of the first things that was discussed was the importation of choco pies into North Korea. North Koreans are so crazy about choco pies; it has become currency. They it's- go for on average they sell in their proper market for about uh, the equivalent of twenty five cents, fifty cents, something like that. Um, and they go for like ten bucks on the black yeah. market. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it is huge. Ten bucks uh, a pie. Yeah, yeah. It is black market. Yeah. It's black market. Wow. And this is in dollars. Wait, hold on a second. Knock that off. Yeah. He's reading. John is reading the ingredients. No, you can't it's do not that. How you eat junk food? 
you wing nut. You, so, you just eat it. You made a point, Jennifer. This is 10 U.S. dollars for someone in North Korea. Yeah. That's three and a half years of wages. For 12 of these, I paid $8.04 on Amazon for 12. Well, here's the nutty thing is they feel that it is such a taste of freedom that they've been banned. So It's all black market now. Yeah, so you can't get the them. So much so that uh, North Korea is so obsessed with them that South Korea put up 10,000 choco pies by way of balloon, sent them over the border. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they, that's their, like, the warfare. They send them over, and it makes everybody go nuts because like, it makes them think, oh, my gosh, all the great stuff. Because North, the whole point about North Korea is that island mentality. There's nothing outside of here that's better. Right. Nothing is good outside of Except here. Except for Choco Pies. Like Psychops during World War II when the leaflets came down. Choco pies. It's exactly what they're doing. Okay, so we're, we're going to take a break because we exciting. do have to. When we come back, the first thing we're going to do is dive into Choco Pies and the Moon Pikes. I asked about that. How do they compare with each other? Well, we're going to find out. The moon, the moon pie, pie is came the pie. First, yeah, right? the moon pie is the pie of freedom. Okay, that's yeah. good. Well, Choco Pie now is significant freedom. See, the Choco Pie is more condensed. It's about about two inches versus Little. three and a half inches. So it's fair to say the Choco Pie is manufactured by a Jewish manufacturer. Okay, let's just... We'll find out if size matters in uh, pies. Okay, we are are going to come back and compare... I've actually lost my appetite, which is super rare. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, Don't go away.